Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to... I would like... I don't think I've ever started a show that way before. I would like to talk with you, just briefly, about the memory-holding of recent events in computer history. The deliberate memory-holding, or so it would seem, by a select few individuals within the computer industry. This is the Lunduke Journal of Technology podcast for April 18th, the year of our Lord, 2023. I, I wrote an article <clears throat> that I published uh, just, just earlier today talking about the early history of Firefox, about the naming of Firefox, a, a story that almost on its face seems boring, seems dull. Like, who would care about why probably some committee decided on a name for a web browser from some years back? And, and in addition to that, it's a story that even though it's dull, we already know. There was already a, a name for Firefox. They called it Firebird, and that was already taken. So Mozilla changed the name to, from Firebird to Firefox, right? End of story. That's the story that Mozilla tells. That's the story that tech journalists tell. That's the story that, that comes down from Mozilla and everyone else, and it gets, gets pushed. But that's not really the story. Yes, those, those facts are true. But there's so much more to it than that, and it's not little stuff. It deals with issues where Mozilla was bullying a corporation for the better part of a year. Uh, it, it deals with three name changes before version 1.0. It deals with trademark conflicts and, and, and legal action. Like there's, there's so much stuff there and it's stuff that makes Mozilla look bad. Like when you talk about it, when you talk about how Mozilla went on to, it first started as Phoenix. Uh, was was their Firebird web browser it was called Phoenix, and then they had to change the name because Phoenix was already taken in the computer industry, as everybody knows. There not only was there a Phoenix BIOS, but there was a Phoenix web browser made by the same company. But Mozilla didn't know how to use a web browser; <coughs> otherwise, they would have found that. And so they then changed to to Firebird. Well, Firebird already existed as a database server in the open source world. And the stories that we got out of that interaction between Mozilla and the company that was sponsoring the Firebird database server is kind of enlightening because Mozilla did, did these interviews where they just come up as jerks. They were they just didn't care. They knew about it, but basically, you know, thumbed their nose at other people in the open source industry. There was boycotts of the Mozilla browser. I mean, there was boycotts. There was articles on every tech news publication out there about how horrible Mozilla was being, right? There was, uh, Linux distributions were stopping using of, of uh, what, what became Firefox later, but the version that, that was still named Firebird back then. And all of that, all of that got memory hold. It's just been shoved away and... Not just in a in a in a 
in the back of the cabinet sort of way where it's like, ah, this isn't important, but in a, oh my gosh, let's never talk about this again. That's not the history anymore. Now it's something simple. Like, uh, we just decided to change our name because we were, we were the good guys, Mozilla, and we didn't want to, we didn't want to, you know, impede on someone else's trademark. So the name was already taken. Oh, we'll, we'll just change it. No, that's not what happened. Like it took a year and this giant mail-in campaign and Mozilla still was like defiant about it and bad mouthed this other open source project like every chance they got like it was a big deal and they try to hide all of that they try to bury it and to me that seems just so incredibly it's incredibly strange to me not that Mozilla would try and memory hole that because it made them look bad of course they're not going to mention that on their website but the part that gets me is the people that go with it The people that are just like, oh, okay, well, Mozilla rewrote history, so I guess that's real now. What sort of crazy mixed up 1984 world do we live in where you know the companies can just say, um, remember all those horrible things we did? Remember when we were jerks and we like were bullies to other com- other people, including individual projects and open source groups and whatnot? Um, and there was mass boycotts of us because of it. You know what? We're going to say that that didn't exist. And then now all of the tech journalists agree that it didn't exist. They just write that out of the history entirely. They just stop talking about it. Crazy to me. It's ins- it's crazy making. It- it's sort of like the whole open source thing. And-, and-, and honestly, this all kind of ties in together because a lot of it comes back in to Mozilla. And that's weird to me. The open source initiative was created out of the forming of Mozilla. A lot of people don't realize how that all came about. So when Netscape, Netscape Navigator and Communicator, when those were open sourced because Netscape was losing market share, it was in a nosedive. Internet Explorer was shooting through the roof. Netscape was diving, was cratering. People were, were leaving Netscape in droves. There were so many court cases about this. <laughs> Antitrust investigations and everything. But when when it was decided that Netscape would be open sourced, they brought in a number of individuals to consult on that. Out of that consulting came two key things. One was the open source initiative that a couple of individuals involved in that planning of how to make Netscape open source. A couple of people that were involved with that, including Eric Raymond, went off and created the open source initiative. And also out of that came the Mozilla project, which was simply a project to build in an open source way this open project that was the guts of the web browser, the rendering engine and all that sort of stuff. Right. They didn't have a web browser of their own. The project was not created to make a web browser. It was created to make an open source guts and engine of the web browser. In fact, there were several years, I want to say four years, that went by from 1998 until 2002 until Mozilla decided, you know what, we should have our own web browser, right? And those two organizations have pushed some very, very strange memory holing of history to rewrite history in ways that, yes, make them look better, but also kind of hurt the rest of us. So the open source initiative 
and Mozilla have both agreed that the phrase open source was created right then and there, that they created it. It was created during those meetings on how to open source Netscape, because before that, they say, the phrase open source software had never been used. They've said that repeatedly. Uh, the Open Source Initiative proudly proclaims this on their website. They've talked about it repeatedly. They talk about it in social media posts. They talk about it in, at conferences where they give presentations. And people point back to the Open Source Initiative as the, the, the arbiter, the keeper of all information related to open source. And they're purposefully spreading false information because they did not create the phrase open source. They didn't create it. How do I know? Because there's press releases from years beforehand using the exact phrase open source software to refer to software that was released as open source and under open source licenses. <laughs> For years! Uh, just as one example, Caldera released two years before that a version of DOS as open they open sourced us and they, they released a press release where the title of the press release talked about open source software, the very title and the people in those meetings to open source Netscape knew that they knew that and they know that still today. And the people who, who push that idea that, that, that the, the, those individuals in that Netscape meeting created the open source world and created everything. They know that they're lying. How do I know that? Because I've talked to a lot of them about it. They just won't admit it publicly. And that drives me friggin' nuts. It's a rewriting of history. And you know what? Is it that big of a deal? Which individual or person first uttered a phrase? Well, I mean, in one sense of the word, no, it's not that big of a deal. Does it change anything in the present? Whether the phrase open source was first uttered at a meeting at Netscape or first uttered at a meeting at Caldera or first uttered. No, it really doesn't. On the other hand, it's history and facts. So, yeah, it matters kind of quite a lot. We, we Facts are important. Truth is important. And these same people, it all branches out of this, this Netscape meeting. One hand, it goes off to the open source initiative where they purposefully try to memory hole the existence of where the phrasing on the ideas of and the naming of open source came from long before them. But they don't want you to know that. And then there's, there's Mozilla. I mean, heck, they don't even want you to know how they came to have the name for their flagship product. Product. They make Fire, uh, right? They, 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 they make Firefox. I almost said Firebird, but that was what it was called. They make Firefox the web browser. That's what they make. They have other stuff too. But really what they're known for is the Firefox web browser. And they do not want people to know how that got its name. That is the weirdest thing to me. And I dislike, I deeply, at a fundamental, in my core level, dislike the altering of history. And it boggles my mind 
how tech reporters far and wide, it seems like every tech blogger, every uh, professional tech journalist, and then every real journalist who ends up covering either Firefox or open source, they just pick up those official narratives and run with them. Is it false? Yes. Is false information regularly being and knowingly being spread by most tech journalists, by Mozilla and the Open Source Initiative? Yes. That is fundamentally true, provably true, and what's more, easily provably true. Because we're not we're not talking about we're not talking about long ago history. We're not even talking about many, many decades ago history. Like like uh, like uh, th- like a dispute over whether or not Ada Lovelace was the first computer programmer. Was she the first computer programmer? No. No, she wasn't. But I can see if you kind of ignore certain facts and it was so long ago and, you know, it was it, we didn't really even have computers back then. So, uh, all right, I can see how we could at least have a debate about it. I mean, I'm going to win that debate, but I can see how we'd have a debate, right? Or, or the weird myth about where the first computer bug came from, right? How it was a moth that, you know, flew into a relay and it was, though it was an actual bug. And so we documented it as a bug that, well, that was a myth that, that, I mean, I mean, yes, part of that did happen, but it was just a joke that happened and the phrase computer bugs and software bugs had been used for a long time, right? It was, that's not where it came from, but that, but that joke got repeated so often that it kind of became this weird bit of truthiness. It kind of became, it kind of attained this, this, this fantastical mythological level where everyone just accepted it as true, right? That that's where the first computer bug came from was this moth flying into a transistor on a mainframe. Well, that's not the truth, but I see how it wasn't necessarily any one nefarious person trying to spread lies. It was just a story getting told over and over again. And it was a joke at first. And then people didn't realize that it was just a joke. (laughs) And they misinterpreted things. And then they assumed that it was real, right? And it became this thing, this this false thing that, that just gets repeated over and over again. But that's not what's happening here. Not what's happening now with the OSI, the Open Source Initiative, and Mozilla. They're taking recent history that is incredibly well documented and deliberately themselves trying to actively change it. That bugs the snot out of me. Because yes, it is profoundly dishonest. Okay, for one, I dislike that. And number two, it also shows immense disregard and contempt for computers and computer history. (laughs) And I just don't stand for that. (laughs) To to me, this is holy ground. So both the OSI, the people who are in that Netscape meeting and Mozilla have had significant and noteworthy places and impacts on the whole of computer history, at least of modern computer history. Maybe not, you know, massive shockwave impacts, but certainly worthy of a footnote. And that should be recorded accurately, right? That should be recorded accurately. And they are seeking to change 
history, to memory hole things, to 1984, the heck out of things. And I, I'm just not going to put up with that garbage. It, it bugs me that, uh, so I'll put these articles out and they will get read a ton, right? So whenever I put out an article that basically fact checks the people who spit out these lies, whether I'm talking about, you know, this particular Mozilla thing or who created the phrase open source, it gets spread around. A lot of people will read those articles. Uh, people, more people will read those articles than almost any of the other ones I write. And I know for a fact that those articles are getting read by a lot of the people who are spreading the lies. And then I will go ahead and see within a month or two, the same people who have studied up on the topics, read my, my, my analysis of them, seen all the proof, the transcripts, everything else, and will go and continue to spout the party line, essentially, and continue to promote these untruths. It boggles my mind. I do not fundamentally understand it. Except that most of it within the tech industry on the open source side of things comes from a very small group of people and they all like each other a lot and they all support the work each other do. They are all very much politically aligned. They talk a great deal and they're kind of a little cluster. They're a group. They are on each other's side. And that to me is weird. Because that means that the side they're on is whatever is anti-historical, right? Whatever is not the truth, that's what they support. That makes me so grumpy. <laughs> that's really, I wanted to talk about this today because I needed to vent. I needed to get it out there because it was just, I, I wanted to just yell about it. And there's no better way for me to do that than to, than to sit down and hit record on a podcast. So thank, thank you for doing that with me. Because holy heavens. Oh my word. I, 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 thank you. Thank you. Now, here's, here's, my, here's my request. Here's my request. If you see people who get this wrong, who spout things about uh, how Firefox got, it, got its name, about where the phrase open source came from, any of those sorts of things. I've got quite a few of the, the fact-checky type articles in there. I, feel free to correct them. You don't even have to link them to my article. Just, just correct them, for heaven's sake. Because people are going to continue to memory hole things and continue to try and rewrite computer history unless people tell them to stop it. <laughs> Because it's annoying. And I think some people are doing it because they hear something repeated so often, they just assume it's true, and so they keep repeating it. I get that. It's lazy, but I get that. Other people are doing it deliberately to make themselves look better, right? Like the OSI is clearly doing it. They are, they are clearly trying to rewrite history to make them look like the arbiters and the deciders of what open source is, which they're not but they want people to view them as such. I get that. From a marketing perspective, that makes sense. It's kind of a jerk move. And it's certainly, it's certainly in a, what's the word I'm looking for? It is an inaccurate move. <laughs> but I understand why they're doing it. 
And the same with Montilla. I understand why they don't want people looking into their history. I get that. I do. It makes them look bad, right? I mean, Mozilla has been kind of a jerk, a bully, a cyber bully since they were founded. They've been bullying other open source projects or talking about how they want to silence and censor people on the internet since basically day one. And I get why they don't want people talking about that. I get why they wouldn't put that front and center on their website. In fact, they push completely the opposite narrative on their website about their, how they're the, the arbiters of the free and open internet and they're the good guys. But they're not. <laughs> and here I am, spouting off my little podcast, writing my articles, which will get read by crazy huge numbers of people. But yet, these are organizations and companies... They will continue to lie. They'll just keep doing it. Anyway, uh, thanks to everyone out there who helps make everything I do possible. Uh, You'll notice there's no advertisers here, which kind of makes sense because the things I'm saying is going to get most advertisers spooked. I mean, it's all family friendly, but at the same token, uh, there's too much truth. We, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like me talking about well-documented history of the computer industry should should get me marginalized or sidelined. But when it comes to these companies, well, yeah, it does. It does. They, they can't afford to advertise on a show like this. It's going to it's going to get them targeted. And so uh, I just simply don't take any advertisement dollars from any company, because if I did, I would feel bad about recording a show like this or writing an article like I did today about Mozilla, because it would inevitably reflect back on that company and potentially harm their relationship with Mozilla or the OSI or or different organizations. And I want to be able to speak the truth to tech power. And I can because of you, specifically you. Uh, and and all the people that are like you and I, I couldn't do without without you, you nerd. <laughs> you you're the best nerds in the world. I love you guys, and gals. All of you. You're fantastic. Uh, so uh, thank you again for all the subscribers. If you don't currently subscribe, go take care of that. Click on all the links. You know you know where to find me. The the Lunduke dot the Substacks dot the Locals without the thes. And you know you know you'll find the URLs and you'll click the subscribe links. You get the big Sunday shows and all the exclusives, all the eBooks, all the videos and the video games and all of it. You, you go go get it all. Have a good time. Have warm fuzzy feelings that you allow me to rant on the internet with. <laughs> without repercussions (laughs) and uh, go forth and have a great nerdy time. All right, everybody with that, I do declare end podcast.